What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Anacreates Podcast. My name is Alex, and I am your host here today. We have a another solo episode coming at you. So last week, I had a, a really great episode with Jay Real, who is an old-time friend of mine, a great mentor of mine, one of the first um, mentors that I had, actually, when I started getting into recording. So I, docked, I have talked about that before on the podcast a little bit. Maybe I'll do a refresher episode now that I've done a number of episodes and I you know, have a little bit... I feel like I'm a little bit better at podcasting than I was in my very first episode, which is where I really talked about my origin story and how things started for me. So maybe I'll do another episode like that in the future. But for now, we're just talking about Jay and the podcast last week. So we talked a little bit in that podcast about how we met, how we got connected, and uh, Jay's just been a great friend of mine for literally over half my life at this point. You know, despite the age difference and despite how we came into the industry and everything like that, because he's quite a bit older than I am, but we still are great friends, not only professionally, but also just as friends. We, we hang out a lot. We talk basically every day. Uh, we exchange, we, we work on projects together. We just chill. We discuss produ- production and engineering and stuff like that. Still to this day, uh, he's one of my, one of my closest friends for that as well. So I love having him on the podcast. That was really, really fun. And if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out. So today, I wanted to do a bit of a deep dive into one of the things that really struck my attention on his podcast. And this is actually something I just want to uh, talk about a little bit first, is the fact that I want to do a little bit more of this. So I've been having some guests on, and I don't really want to have guests on all the time. I don't want to turn this into a podcast, a guest podcast. I still want to be able to do this, where I sit down with you guys and talk to you guys one-on-one and go deep deeper into some of the topics that we uh, talked about with some of the guests, as well as just things that I'm able to talk about or my opinions that I want to talk about, those kind of things. I love the fact that I can do this on the podcast. So it's not going to turn into a fully guest-based podcast. There might be some reoccurring guests, as we've already seen with Malcolm, and I'm sure Jay will be back soon because it's always a pleasure talking to him about different topics. So That last episode last week was more of like a good introduction to Jay and just a good, well-rounded episode about recording technology. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. But I want to take these solo episodes and kind of one of the things I want to do with them is is be able to dive a little bit deeper into some of the uh, topics that we cover in some of those episodes. Because when I'm talking to somebody, when I have a guest on, it's more about the guest than it is about me. It's about the interview asking them their opinions and their thoughts. So I don't really get to share my thoughts based on what they say said or or kind of rant a little bit longer to you guys to talk a little bit more deeply into it. So that's what I want to do with these solo episodes and really be able to express some thoughts, some opinions, some different insight surrounding those things. So then I'm able to kind of dedicate a whole episode to some of those topics because really it's very inspiring when you have a, a guest on and I'm sure you guys are listening to it and hearing the inspiration in that as well and for your own for your own good we cover a lot of different things and they're able to bring a lot of value but we talk about so many different things and being able to really dissect some of them a little bit further because there's a lot of great information in there and it can every little bit of information that we talk about on the podcast in those interviews could be an episode of their own, frankly. So it's always a tough balance between getting the, the, the guests to really talk about a whole bunch of things and get a lot of their opinions about different things and really hone in on one specific topic. I find it's been a good balance. I, I like it so far. I've gotten 
gotten great feedback from you guys. And if you want to, if you want to let me know, uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter at Anna Creates and just let me know what you think of the of the podcast so far with the different episodes, with the solo episodes, with the guest episodes, what you think of the interviews. I'm trying to improve my ability to interview. I'm trying to improve the quality of everything so I can really get great information for you guys. And one more thing before we really dive into what I want to talk about today about Jay's episode is the fact that I have a newsletter. And if you go to the Anna Creates website, anacreates.ca, you can sign up for the newsletter there. There's a bunch of different boxes all over the place to sign up for the newsletter. And I've been switching up the newsletter a bit. And April this month is the first of the new kind of look and feel of the newsletter where one, I'm recapping what I've put out in the month. So if you miss a, a podcast episode or some YouTube videos or blog posts or articles or anything else that I'm releasing, because I have a big, a lot of plans and a lot of different things that I'm working on right now that are going to slowly be rolling out more. And I've been putting a lot of time into the content, which is the podcasts and the YouTube channel. So being able to kind of summarize those for you every month is really good. But I also have added some sections to kind of highlight other people's content and and to highlight podcast episodes that I've found that were great and articles that I've found or a book that I've thought would be insightful for you guys. So I, I've been adding that into the newsletter and I just started kind of adding those things in this month as the first one. But I'm also doing it via a Google Doc now instead of just a straight up newsletter. So the newsletter gets emailed to your inbox, but it's a link into a Google Doc so that you can go read it at your own pleasure. You can search it uh, and I can also make kind of an archive of them and put them on the website. So I'm, I haven't built that into the website yet, but uh, as this keeps going, we're going to kind of put a knowledge base in the website of all the different things that I've suggested. You can search all the different newsletters because I want them to be a really good knowledge base and a knowledge hub of not only my own content, but also other people's content that I think you guys would find really insightful. And I kind of expand in my own content on different content that I have read and seen and whatnot. So I kind of talk about it, but I think it's really good to get different opinions. I don't think that my opinion is the only opinion you should be following. I think that you should well round yourself with any information that you get and do your due diligence and research. So I want to help share content that I either can't speak to or other parts of it that I can't speak to nearly as well with my expertise, but I think is valuable or just different opinions that I think are, are also valuable that are maybe not my opinions. So that's one of the things why I loved having Jay on the podcast as well to kind of segue it back here. It's really smooth segue there. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons that I love having Jay on the podcast is because we look at things very differently. Although he is a mentor of mine and he has been for a long time, we approach making music very differently. And he also, not only does he approach making music differently, he makes different kind of music than I do. He does a lot more country and just more uh, music based around session musicians and going into the studio with a bunch of session musicians and here's the song structure, but we're going to kind of build the song around that. He does a lot more of that kind of music. Whereas I do a lot more of rock and edit everything and layer everything. And we don't actually play live as a band in that, or we do to get the bed tracks and then we build everything on it and we layer everything and that kind of stuff. So it's a different beast. And the way that it's approached is a different beast. Although I have worked on plenty of different kinds of music and I've, I've had the pleasure of working on that, my expertise and my go-to techniques to record, so to speak, are based on more rock and roll kind of stuff, metal, heavier music, more edited, more 
uh, layered, that kind of stuff. So it's really cool to be able to have people like Jay on who can share a deeper insight into the other ways. And I can still understand, I can still help curate that, and I can still help show you guys that because that's one of my, I think, one of my strengths to be able to bring to you guys is that I have a bit of an overview for a lot of different kinds of music because of the, my work at the studio with different engineers, different our acts. I've worked on every genre under the sun. Um, well, maybe not quite, but I've worked on a lot of different genres, so I have a lot of different insight. I've worked with a lot of different producers and engineers with their different workflows, so I'm able to kind of bring those together. What is my own uh, way of doing things might not be what all they what everybody else does or a bunch of other people do I should say but I'm able to kind of bring that to you so I'm able to do that with the with the newsletter and I'm able to do that with the podcast having guests like Jay so to dive into what I wanted to talk about and I know that was a long intro but what I wanted to to kind of talk about today was the idea that technology is not going to save your song and Jay kind of talked about this at one point in the episode where he said something along, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, you know, in the end, if Susie is, is washing her car, listening to your music and she's tapping her foot and she's humming along, then you've made a sale. You have emotionally impacted her. They're listening to your music. It's catchy. They're humming it. That's what counts. And technology, no matter how good the production is, no matter how many Neves you use, no matter how many SSLs you use, no matter how many plugins you've added, no matter if your computer's 10 years out of date or the newest, fastest $10,000, well, $50,000 Mac Pro, it doesn't matter. If the song is not good, technology is not going to save you. And I think that's such a good lesson that a lot of people need to think about these days. Because, for instance, one of the things that I see a lot is that a lot of people, there's a lot of new age producers who kind of make beats and they make an eight bar loop and think, great, I'm a producer. This is my, this is my song. I'm just going to repeat that a million times and add some rapping over it and we're good to go or hip hop, uh, you know, some pop melodies, whatever, something on it. But the producer kind of thinks, you know, this is my beat done, but that's not how it goes. The song arrangement really has to come into the, into play. How do you build tension and release? How do you keep people engaged? What do you give them to keep them listening? What are the interest factors? Where's the peaks and valleys of the song? You need all those different things, all those different contrasts, but that all comes down in the, in essence at its core to the songwriting itself. People are going to get bored no matter how good the production is. People are going to get bored if your bridge is way too long and everything that you build is I don't know, 16 bars of stuff and then you add one more thing and there's another 16 bars and then you add one more thing. If your bridge if that's your bridge, it's it's too much or whatever. I mean, obviously this is all very uh, contextual because in some genres of music, that's exactly what you want. Um, you know, and having 10 different solos from every person in the band, that is a style of music. That is a genre where that is exactly what you want. But for instance, something like pop or rock, that is not what you want. And in pop or rock, if you did a, a massive thing where everybody in the band soloed throughout the, for, you know, um, two minutes, three minutes in the song, well, it's not going to fly nearly as well, but when Snarky Puppy does it, it's amazing and people love it, but you know what you're you're expecting. So again, when you're going to the songwriting, and that comes down to songwriting, you can record it with the same mics. You can mix it the same way. Well, not the same way, but you can use the same tools is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. You can use the same tools, the same plugins, the same gear, the same microphones, the same room, everything like that. So that's on par, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a good song. The studio that, uh, that Snarky Puppy recorded in versus a studio that I would record in or 
if I went to record there, it's going to be a good sounding recording. Yeah, sure. Obviously, they know what they're doing. They captured they captured it well. It's it's great. However, that doesn't mean that people are going to listen to my song. That doesn't mean people are going to resonate with my song. That has nothing to do with the technology. That has to do with the songwriting. So at the end of the day, the songwriting and the song's arrangement is the king. It's not the technology. It's not how you capture the stuff. It's how you wrote the song. And at the end of the day, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't give enough value to. They think that, you know, if I have a song and, uh, you know, I'm humming it and I think it's fine, sure, I'll record it and get a good guitar player to do a great solo on it and it'll all be saved. And that's just kind of the way that it is. But it's not. It's you really have to think about the songwriting. The reason the big songs are out there and that are, are great. Yes, they sound good. Obviously, you want something to sound good, but the songs are good. And when I think about this, OK, if you go back to, yes, I want it to sound good. Obviously, you want it to sound good because, you know, nowadays the barrier to entry to make something sound good and on par is so minimal compared to what it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even back then. To get something that people were going to like, it had to sound good, and it was hard to make something sound good. You couldn't do that nearly as easily in your home. Nowadays, everybody can make technically good-sounding music in their home studio, in their basement, on an iPad. <laughs> you know, the barrier to entry is very low, which means that the focus is even stronger and more on the lyrics that you're writing, on the melodies that you're using, how the song flows together, what the different parts are, the playing of everything, how those things all work together. Again, back to it. The song is good. There's so much noise now and all of it sounds good. You know, all of it has a certain, there's a certain foundational level that we just come to expect now because technology has allowed us to expect that. So nowadays, it's more important than ever to have a good song and to actually do a good songwriting. That's what's going to make you stand out. And that's what makes the good songs stick out even more. So think about this. Some of the big songs that were recorded 20 years ago, they sound not as good as today. They're not as crisp. They're not as big. They're not as full sounding, but they're still around today. And people still love them like the Beatles. They're still around. People still love all of those songs. They're still dedicated. People are still thinking these are amazing songs. Not these are amazing recordings. Although if you're an engineer, you probably also are going, wow, how the heck did they do that? And it painstakingly is how, but they did it. But the average consumer is thinking about these are great songs. Not, oh my God, they did all this on a four track. That's not what people are thinking. People are thinking these are great songs. And they're still around. People are still listening to them. People still really enjoy them. Okay, then fast forward to th these days. Name a hit in the past. Name a hit three years ago. Whatever. I don't know. I can't really tell you any of those because they sounded good. Yes, they sounded better. They sounded so crisp and so clean and they used Neves or maybe they didn't. Uh, they used samples that are recorded in the best studios in the world. They did everything technically correct. The best mixers in the world mixed them. Technically amazing recordings. But the song just didn't stick. It was catchy, sure. And that's what a lot of modern music is doing is it's, it's catchy. 
but it's not sustainable. And you need to really think about the song itself, the song structure, more than simply the catchiness. Yes, it needs to be catchy, but you need to think about the song structure and the ebbs and flows of the song to really make it stand out and to really stand the test of time. I'm sure the songs that you listen to and that stick around for you are great songs in themselves. Uh, the production just adds to it. And that's kind of the way that you have to think about it. The, the song has to be good, then the production adds to a great song. If you can take a song and you can play it on an acoustic guitar at a campfire and sing it and people know exactly what song it is and they love it and it gets stuck in their head at that minuscule base of how it works, that is a good song. The campfire test, as a lot of people like to call it. And that works for my genre music. That, that doesn't work for every genre of music, but that works for a lot of stuff that I work on. And I think it works on a lot of stuff. It's harder to sit down and, uh, you know, sing, I don't know, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus at a campfire with a guitar. Yes, that's a great song, but it was definitely added to by media hype. It was definitely added to, the popularity was added to by the production, the music video, very provocative. But at its core, it was a, it was an okay song. It was catchy, fine, but it wasn't a great song. And that's why we don't really hear about it anymore. And it's so easy to just kind of have it go away. But yet people still listen to and love and go after the, the old Beatles songs and that kind of stuff. Now, there's a whole bunch of other reasons why this could be as well, and I'm not even going to get into the fact that there was less music back then and people are sentimentally attached to it. That's not, not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is the importance of having a good song, and technology isn't going to save that. No matter what your technology is, it's not going to save that. You have to be able to actually deliver a good song, good lyrics and good melodies. That's what the whole point is. Doesn't matter what the fanciest things in the world are, doesn't matter what genre music, that still holds true in many respects. Okay, so in EDM, maybe technology plays a bigger role because, well, it's the kind of the point is the sonics of it. <laughs> it really works for dance. And this is where songwriting kind of goes out the window a little bit <laughs> in some respects, is in dance stuff, in things that you're dancing to, in, in music you're putting in clubs, in that kind of sense. Those aren't always about songwriting. If you have a 16-bar bridge, but it's a really nice beat and people can move to it, perfect. People are just going to dance longer at that beat. They don't want to change it up. They just want it to continue going. And that I think that's very valuable. And I think that, you know, definitely have to think about that if that's your genre of music. But it doesn't stick around as long. People are constantly churning out new music. You don't hear the same song 10 years later or five years later. You just, it's not as, as much of a thing as some of those old classics that still, the Beatles still get played. The old Michael Jackson songs still get played. The old Elton John songs still are, you know, up there. They're up there in popularity. People still love them. They have cult followings, almost a lot of them. But point is, they're good songs. They're good songs at the most basic core of the song. And that is so, so important. My point is that the song structure, the song writing is so key. Technology can help your song but it cannot fix your song and it's not going to make it a sustainable song that people are going to enjoy for a long time. If it's catchy, they'll enjoy it at the time, but it's going to have a, a shorter shelf life than if you had a great song with a maybe not total top of the line recording as opposed to a crap song with top of the line recording. That's not going to stick around, but the song with mediocre recording because mediocre in this day and age is still phenomenal is that's going to stick around. 
And that's what you have to remember. In this day and age, the technology allows us to have even the most mediocre recording that you could do, uh, aside from an iPhone recording, is still going to be amazing. You can do that for not a big cost. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of engineers out there, there's a lot of home recording, there's a lot of middle-range studios, there's still the high-end studios as well. So there's tons of different options to be able to record your song well for not necessarily a lot of money. But the songwriting, that needs to be good no matter what your recording is going to be. And I really think that a lot of artists are going to go into the home recording route as obviously I'm trying to help with you guys being able to do. I think it's a great movement. I think it's really good. If you listen to my episode a few episodes ago with Emmett O'Reilly, he talked about that, how that opened up a world of possibilities for him to create. And he writes great songs and they're really catchy. They're really different. The song structure is different. Again, another different genre of music. It's not 8-bar, 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 8-bar chunks that add up to a three-minute song. It's definitely not that at all, but it's that style of music. So I'm going to talk about that in a different episode. He There's a lot of great stuff in his episode that I want to dive into as well, plus more in Jay's episode. But that kind of summarizes what I wanted to talk about in this kind of deep dive, in this episode, about how technology is not going to save you. You need the song to be good. So hopefully that gave you some insight. Hopefully that gave you some inspiration. And hopefully I kind of made you realize I got to think about the song a little bit more and really hone in on the songwriting as opposed to just the technical skills. This is for songwriters. This is not if you're an engineer, obviously we want it to sound as best as possible. And that's kind of part of our craft, as I did say in the episode with Jay as well. But that doesn't again, doesn't solve a not so great song that doesn't solve a crappy song that has two lyrics in it that just repeat for three minutes. That's not going to help. That's only going to last for so long, even even if it is massively catchy. So anyway, hope that uh, gave you some inspiration. That is it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Go check out the Anna Creates podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Give it a subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Go to AnnaCreates.ca and go sign up for the newsletter to be updated every month with the newest releases that I've got going on. I've been putting out a lot of content, a lot of YouTube videos. So if you don't uh, haven't seen any of those, you can get that summarized and find ones that might maybe you uh, would find interesting. And the latest podcast episodes so you don't miss any of those. So that was a rambly way to say thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I hope you got some insight out of this. I will see you in the next episode because you're going to go subscribe. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and until then, always be creating. <laughs>